Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Well, thanks for tuning in tonight. Yeah, rough night for the Blue Jays. They're losing 6-0 to the Angels, bottom of the sixth. Your scoreboard is presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can visit Crystal Glass. Still ahead tonight, Oil Kings general manager Randy Hanch. That'll be good to catch up with him. Brent Sake, he'll talk about the world's longest baseball game. It is Wednesday night, and that means two things. After the show, I go home and I watch Night Court on DVD, and Kevin Carius is in studio. You mean Night Court, the old... Yeah, with Bull. John Larroquette. He's a great actor, by the way. Oh, yes. he, He really drove that show. Um, Marky Post. Marky Post, attractive young lady. Oh, yes, back in the day. And uh, Harry Anderson was the judge, I think. Harry Anderson, Richard yes. Mole played Bull. Bull. Um, who played Mac? I can't remember who played Mac. It's a good show. Really that was good really, show. It was a bizarre show, especially for a its time. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, it pushed the... Now, did you... When you grew up... Uh, what was it? Melville, Saskatchewan? Yes. How many channels did you One. have as a youngster? CKOS. You didn't even have two? <laughs> I had two. We went from CKOS, and it was actually turned into a twin stick in York, and it went uh, CICC. So we had CBC, which was CKOS, which we called Chaos, <laughs> and then uh, CICC TV, which turned into the twin stick, and that was CTV, which came in probably... I'm guessing about 1976, 77 in there. Okay. Yeah, but prior to that, just one channel. CKOS, if you uh, uh, scramble um, those letters, you can spell sock. Yes, but you know what? There were, and I and I mean, I'm pretty proud to have worked there. I, I worked at CKOS, so it was my first job. There were literally um, dozens of top quality broadcasters that came out of CKOS. Like just off the top of my head, Chris Cuthbert started there. Oh, really? Um, Perry Salkowski. Um, well, you could go on and on. I'd, I'd have to have a yeah. You'd have to go back. Know, kind of put me on the spot, but really, really good broadcasters. Uh, Shane Foxman, the uh, CBC Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Tons and tons of great. Uh, Is it still you know, operating? Yes, it'd be more like a re- uh, like a repeater and a bureau uh, more than anything. So one one or two people yeah, sending like stories to a v- vagina or something. VJs and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Did I tell you about the time I, I, I interviewed Chris Cuthbert for my career investigation for Nate? <laughs> I had Chris on a couple of years ago um, because he was being inducted into the media wing of the CFL Hall of Fame for the Grey Cup. Right. And uh, I, I said, well, you know, ask TSN to have him on, not from the standpoint of analyzing the game. Let's just get him on to tell stories. He worked in Edmonton at mm-hmm. CBC for several years, obviously as an anchor. So... Uh, I, I really liked, uh, this was the late 90s, I was going to Nate, and we had to do, I think they still do it, I don't know if it's the same, but you have to basically write an essay saying, oh, I talked to this person, 
he said, here's the ups and downs of the career and all this right. stuff. So I was like, well, I want to shoot big. I want to get Chris Cuthbert. So, so I somehow call, I think I called CBC Edmonton. They gave me a number at CBC Toronto. I mean, there wasn't, e- like, this was, I think yeah. it was 97. If there was email, I didn't have it. Right. Um, so <laughs> uh, somebody called me back and said, well, here's Chris's number. Call at this time of day. And I was like, oh, he must go into the office and maybe do some work. So I call this phone number. Hello? Uh, hi, I'm looking for Chris Cuthbert. One second. Daddy! They just gave me Chris Cuthbert's home phone number. There you go. So I had him on the show, and I, and I told this story, and he's just like, well, good thing, yeah. good thing we, we could trust you. Another well, guy, uh, Kurt Kielback, just came to oh, mind. Oh, really? Um, it was a funny station back in the day. They used to have the noon hour a show just like most stations do now but at noon they would come out and there was an old guy named Linus Westberg I believe he lives in Red Deer now and he had one of those uh, photographic memory he didn't there was no prompter back then but he could just he knew everything and also he would start the show at noon with about a 20 minute sports cast and then hand it off to news and weather really just, just so he could get out of there and go golfing <laughs> well that's great oh speaking of which uh i gotta thank everybody at uh at windermere mm-hmm. who accommodated us today uh jj Haybear, sean may erica miles bob nicholson from the edmonton oilers we had the second annual barry cates uh, media golf classic if you follow uh, on twitter you can see that uh mark specter was on the, the winning team as well. JJ, friend, some Oilers uh, staff. You, did you didn't play today? Did you? I didn't get to play today. No. I came for lunch and had a nice steak and nothing wrong. Watched with that. watched all the high handicappers go up and get prizes. <laughs> well, the prizes were uh, longest, uh, some closest to the pins, and a long. Yeah. I, I had longest putt for a while. Somebody must have beat me on the last few holes. I, I, I actually the one shot I made that helped my team was about a twenty foot putt for birdie, and. Uh, uh, I, I have to bump Mark Spector out of the prize position. Not but, hard to do yeah. that. So it was, what do you call it, what, a, a, a shamble, a shramble? Shamble, yeah. So, so well, yeah. you explain it. Well, yeah. it's everybody, uh, you, you tee off, but then you use the best drive from there, and then everyone plays their own ball. As opposed to always using the best shot. Right. Yeah, so I was with Brendan Ulrich, who's here from yeah. the station, Louis DeBrusque, and Craig McTavish, mm-hmm. who's actually a really good golfer. Craig is really good golfer, and uh, I bet he doesn't, I bet he barely plays compared to when he used to a few years back but I remember playing with him uh, he used to come to the Easter Seals golf tournament all the time and back in the day when he had a little probably more time and maybe you know was uh, just into the game a little more he was one of the top players uh, he was just dynamite for sure yeah and I should say the quote-unquote birdie I got was off of McTavish about 290 <laughs> yard drive where then I got to hit a 60 yard wedge into the green and then made the putt so then each guy gets his own score and right. it's adjusted for yeah. handicap and all that kind of stuff but it was fun okay uh as i mentioned the angels all over the jays tonight six nothing albert Pujols 584th career home run in the first inning he passes mark mcguire to move into sole possession of 10th place on baseball's all-time home run list our last last week was it last week i was getting you to name the decathlon events yeah who are the nine guys ahead of albert Pujols on the all-time home run list uh clean guys no, just let's just do the list. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> clean obviously, guys. so well. Oh, well, they've all bathed, Kevin. No, clean. Okay, so Barry Bonds <laughs> is one. Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron. Yeah, or one, two. Babe Ruth is three. You're getting him in order. This is great. Uh, Willie Mays is five. Okay. Um, you're going to have to just wait a second. Well, one guy is. Um, Harmon Killebrew. Oh, is 12. He's 12. Good, good guess, okay. though. One um, guy is. 
just recently inactive. Oh, so A-Rod. A-Rod's four. A-Rod's four, so... Uh, so, you're, so you're missing six through nine. One guy... Mickey Mantle? No, actually, Mantle's is he, 17th. Is he? Uh, one guy was a longtime Indian most of his career. Uh, one guy recently went into the Hall of Fame and is definitely uh, associated with being clean in the dirty era. Oh, Ken Griffey Jr. Is six. Uh, another guy probably wasn't clean. And, well, oh, he, uh, Manny Ramirez, Cleveland? Is that who you meant with? No, Cleveland? he's 15. Okay. Cleveland was Tomey. Oh, Jim, Jim Tomey is seventh in all-time home yeah, runs. Yeah, he was a really good yeah. hitter for sure. Okay, so Sosa's eighth. Yeah. And then uh, a guy who uh, was a one-time manager. Oh, I can't remember the year. I believe he was a one-time manager of the Montreal Expos briefly. Did he manage them? Oh, Mike Schmidt? No. Is he in there? No. Uh, he's uh, 16th. You're getting all the guys in the top 20. Uh, this guy was a longtime Oriole. That's oh, in uh, Brooks Robinson. Fra- uh, Frank oh, sorry, Robinson. Frank Robinson. Fra- did he manage the Expos? Why am I yeah, thinking of that? Frank Robinson did. Uh, I don't Brooks, think for very Brooks long. Brooks was though. a third baseman. Frank, uh, Frank uh, was, yeah, he did manage the Expos for sure. Uh, Two or three seasons, Reed. Was it that? Was it oh, that yeah. long? Did you Two or three seasons. It doesn't yeah. seem like it was that he long. He actually, I believe, managed the first year of the Nationals, I believe. How, how about, uh, I can give you the starting lineup for the 1977 New York Yankees, if that works for you. Okay, well, I <laughs> see, I was only three. How many was I? Was Catfish Hunter pitching? No, Catfish at that time, he would have been playing uh, in uh, Oakland for the athletics, I believe. Dent was the shortstop. Uh, yeah, so you had Thurman Munson catching. Okay. Craig Nettles at third, Bucky Dent at uh, short, Willie Randolph at second, Chris Chambliss at first. All right, and then he was a brave later, right? Yeah, and then in uh, it, yeah, he was Jackson was Jackson right, DH or right, right field? No, he was right field. Reggie Jackson was in right. In center, they platooned two guys, um, Oscar Gamble and Roy White. Right, and then in left field, uh, they had uh, uh, Lou Pinella. Oh, right. And Billy Martin was the manager, and then on the hill, you had. You had your number one pitcher is in uh, the number one pitcher was uh, Ron Guidry, and your closer was Goose Gossage. Was that your fa- first favorite team? Or 77, something like that? 78, yeah, because they were pounding the Dodgers at that time, and the Dodgers had a great team too. They had Ron Say at uh, at third, uh, Dusty Baker was in the outfield, Steve Garvey at first. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some really was good Socher pitchers. Was on those teams yet? Uh, no, Not no. Yet. He was no. came in the 80s? Yeah. Uh, they had really good outfield. They had they had Dusty Baker, and then they had uh, uh, Reggie, uh, not Reggie White, maybe Reggie something, but he was a really good ball player. But Garvey was, you know, at first base, one of the, Davy Lopes was at second. Right. Uh, and then they had some really good chuckers. And then they did had. Garvey go to the Padres? Garvey, yeah, he went to the Padres later, and then Once it, they got to be Mike Sosha was catching, was, yeah. and they had another guy uh, named Ye- uh, I always called him Chuck Yeager. He was catching as well for the Dodgers at that time. Here, here's a here's a we can do we can send a couple minutes on this. People can text in, and I'll ask you this, Kevin. Who's your first favorite athlete? Do you remember how your first kind of hero? Well, I I probably would have to say Bobby Orr. Um, only because I was really 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 young when he was just in the prime of his career probably five years old when he was in the prime of his career and then that was it and you know after about 70 Bobby Orr didn't get to play in the 72 series because he was hurt so then he came on in 70 uh, in the 76 Canada Cup and uh, I think he played in the the other series in 74 a little bit but uh, probably Bobby Orr would have been my favorite guy Uh, and that's really really 
really young. Oh no, that's what I yeah, mean. Yeah, if sure. you have remember, like just before even you really under even understood. Yeah, but just at that time. So you're watching one game a week on Hockey Night in Canada, yeah. and that's it. So you're not getting anything else. Because for me, as a really little kid, and, I'm, and again, I'm talking preschool, would have yeah. been Guy Lafleur. Okay. And, and again, I, the Oilers were the WHA. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have been like I don't remember WHA games being on TV. Me they probably either. were, but I, I remember watching either. Hockey Night in Canada, and my dad. Uh, despite having grown up in southern Ontario, made a good choice as a youngster, picked the Canadians and not the Leafs right. as his original six favorite team. That's how so, it was back then, yeah. right? You either picked the Leafs or the Canadians, and that was it. And then there'd be pockets, um, because some junior teams would have affiliation with an American team. Mm-hmm. So you might have well, so Edmonton, Edmonton was affiliated with Detroit, right? So you'd have you know, things like yeah. that back in the day. Like a, a city, well, a town like Estevan was affiliated with the the Boston Bruins, right? You know, and things like that, and that's how it worked. So you'd have those cities might have some fans cheering for that American team. Well, yeah, and or a it, second yeah, favorite, maybe would, exactly. Or you might get a player that oh, you know, uh, this guy's going on from the Estevan Bruins to play in Boston, etc., like that. Kevin Carius is uh, in studio having fun as we always do inside sports on 6:30. Chet, I think there's some other stuff I was planning on talking to you about. We'll get to that. Brent Sakes coming loop in with that list right off the hop. <laughs> Who did we miss? You did, did we miss anyone on there? Well, we got everybody in the top ten, uh, so I'll do the rest of the top 20. So McGuire's now 11. Killebrew, who you mentioned, is 12. Pal- Palmero is 13th. Yeah. Reggie's 14th. You mentioned Marrera's 15th. Schmidt who was probably the best home run hitter of the 80s, uh, 16th, Mantle 17th, Jimmy Fox 18th. Right. Uh, an active player is 19th hmm. for the Boston Red Sox. Oh, it's a big poppy. Ortiz. Yeah. Three-way tie, believe it or not, for 20th, McCovey, Frank Thomas, and Ted Williams. Hmm. I think Ted Williams... Uh, he, hit, he hit for power as he well did as hit average. For power so and average you don't, yeah, you people know. don't talk about the home runs as much. Exactly. But, uh, we're going to take a timeout. It's 7.18. Back in a couple of minutes. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 7.20 tomorrow going to be uh, an exciting day. Stephanie Labbe will join us on Inside Sports, bronze medalist in women's soccer at the Olympics. Uh, more on the Eskimos and Riders, of course, the game coming up on Friday here on 6.30 Chad. 6 o'clock for the pregame show. The game will start at 8. Kevin Carius and I were talking about your, your first favorite athlete. I got an interesting text here from Kendall. Okay. My first favorite athlete was Muhammad Ali, maybe Ken Dryden before him. Now, this is the thing we're asking, childhood memories sometimes, right? Uh, but then Kendall also says, would you consider Evil Knievel an athlete? Yeah, why not? Why not? You know, <laughs> he did athletic stuff. And he, he changed the landscape of how people perceived a lot of things on television that were live. Well, that's a good point. You know, there's a recent documentary done on uh, Evil Knievel that I think it might be an HBO th- uh, documentary, but it's on one of the specialty channels, and this is just a splendid uh, uh, disp- um, look back to his life and what he did years and years ago when no one was even close to doing anything like that, and how he tried to get things going, uh, whether it be at Caesar's Palace or whether it be at uh, you know across the, the Grand Canyon and all that stuff. I mean, this was stuff that people were seeing on TV live. 
and it never happened before. So that's that's what he's he was a groundbreaking individual. You you make a great point about TV, and we started off at the beginning today, kind of joking about having one or two TV channels as kids. <laughs> and I know, and, and see, like I'm pretty much middle aged, so I mean, there's I always feel like there's half the audience that gets what I'm saying, and the other half that is like, what what yeah. is this guy talking about? But you make a good point about about you know things that connected with people that made television stand out even more than it already did and how sports you i mean the nfl jumped on tv quicker than any other league you know monday night football in the early in the early 70s and they said we're going to share revenue from tv as opposed to some teams wanting it all for themselves and and it's different now because i like some i got a buddy in his mid-20s maybe his late 20s yeah but he said, I don't, he goes, I didn't watch the Olympics live. I just watched Twitter. And now there's video on Twitter. So a, 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 like Alexiak would win a medal. And five minutes later, CBC just tweets out the entire race. Right. And you just watch it on your, on your phone. And then, and so then if they didn't, if you don't, if Canada doesn't win a medal, you just ignore it. And then <laughs> if they win, you just What's watch What's the fun it. in that though? I, I don't well, see I the know. fun in it as well, as much. You mentioned uh, about groundbreaking and people in TV and how the sports changed, but one of the top guys in all of sport was Arnold Palmer. Mm -hmm. So when Arnold Palmer came on and started golfing and people started watching it in color, which was huge, and were able to track the ball and watch it on TV and see the actual shot where it was going was a massive thing, and Arnold Palmer was the number one guy that turned that sport into what it is today. You know, it's funny you mention that, too. I mean, I talk about my, my mom a lot on the show, usually in, in relation to how much she hates the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But she's always been a huge football fan, but she grew up it, it, near Lamont listening to Eskimos games on the radio, and I don't think she saw an actual football game till she was... I want to say late teens. She'll probably mm -hmm. text me and tell me if I'm getting the story wrong. But I remember her telling me when she actually saw a football game, she was stunned at the starting and stopping. I, I think in her mind, it, it probably played out more like rugby. Like, oh, a guy's tackled, but now another guy has the ball, and now he's throwing, like, the the kind of the formations and the, the setting of the ball and the huddling and everybody lining up again didn't sort of come through on, on the radio until you actually saw a game. And that now is why it was so important for play-by-play -play guys back in the day before the majority of games are on TV to paint that picture mm -hmm. to whether it be and everyone talks about Foster Hewitt talks about you know guys like that those were the guys that ended up painting that picture for people like your mom whether it could have been Brian Hall whoever it is whoever well, it probably was Brian Hall, to. Yeah. yeah so that's so important I mean that's that's all they had and uh, for a lot of people I mean you know radio still you have to be able to translate what you're seeing to that listener because that's all they have, if whether they're in a car or wherever, you know, somewhere where there is no television, and that's what they want to hear and see. 725 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Kevin Carius in studio. Uh, I was mentioning earlier in the show, Hope Solo suspended by U.S. soccer for calling Sweden cowards. I mean, okay, after the World Cup and the Olympics Ooh, are done, yeah. like, yeah, it's kind of like a bit of a hollow Don't do suspension. it before the games but, or whatever. Yeah, you know. yeah, they could have suspended her yeah. when she was They still had games to play. Of yeah. You know, it wasn't like they did it before. They could have done it. Well, know, that was then, their last game, I guess, but because uh, well, they got knocked out by Sweden, right? 
That was the quarterfinal. Didn't they have one more? No, that was the quarterfinal. That was the quarterfinal. That was a weird thing wow. to say, right? Like it sounds so sour grapey, yeah. if that if if that's a word. It is it it, it is now. Uh, Jay Bowmeister's on uh, Team Canada, replacing Duncan Keith. You know. Uh, Pat Steinberg out of uh, Calgary, the Flames Radio Network, is going to come on after 8.30. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if... I'm curious what his listeners were saying today about Mark Giordano. Fair enough. Yeah. Good point. But this is all about familiarity. And, I mean, when you got um, Alex Petrangelo on the team, it's a seamless addition to have Bo Meester there. I actually phoned uh, Dan Bo Meester today and uh, asked him where Jay was. So he's going to be coming back into Edmonton here in the next little bit. But it's a seamless transition. It, if they if they want to put Jay and make him play with Petrangelo or if, if he is a seventh defenseman, something happens, he can go into that role and then they're fine with it because, again, it's left hand, right hand, which they're big on. Plus, he has that uh, chemistry already with Petrangelo. Uh, we're in the final minute here before we get a break for the news. While you still would have been on air at Global, Somebody asked me, is McDavid on Team Canada if there's no Team North America? I said yes for two reasons, his ability Mm -hmm. and his name on the marquee, because they would make sure he would be in this tournament. I think there's no doubt. I mean, I'm still saying next year if he's healthy, I'm still predicting that he wins the scoring race next year if he's healthy. When we get back, we're going to find out why somebody would want to play baseball for an entire weekend. Brent Sake up next, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. to 6.30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, 7-0 Angels leading the Blue Jays. This is Inside Sports on 6.30 Ched. Really appreciate that you tuned in this evening. We're having a fun show. Kevin Karius joins us every Wednesday. You see him on global television every night. And also in studio tonight, Brent Sake. And we're going to talk about the world's longest baseball game. Brent, you've done uh, great stuff with that. First of all, welcome to the studio. Good thanks, to talk to you thanks again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think appreciate the it. Last time I talked to you, I think was before an Oilers game. In, That's right, it was, yeah. In our former broadcast facilities mm-hmm. uh, there. Hey, Kevin and I were having some fun, so I'll bring you in on this. Do you have a, uh, a, a childhood memory of a first favorite athlete? Well, I'll get uh, I'll get emotional and beat all you guys. But, uh, truly, a lot of times when we're asking that, it starts with, well, my dad. He was a ball player, and he made me watch baseball, and he made me play baseball until I realized I loved that game so much. And then straight to Don Mattingly right <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah. Don Mattingly, uh, excellent player. Sideburns were a little too long, at least that one year. Yeah. And then he got to go on The Simpsons, too. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and he was always batting 340, it seemed. <laughs> He was always bad. Yeah, at that's right. He, he was. Uh, was he first? Did first he ever, base. Yeah. He never played third, base. did he? No, always first. Always he first. Southpaw. And then, as oh, we right. mentioned, you, you don't have your players anymore because your guy can't stay on one team. And then Don Mattingly was my guy. He was my guy. And then, as Kevin says, yeah. And then he went to the Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers. <laughs> of all teams to go to. <laughs> what's uh, what's? It seems to me my perception as as just an individual. This has nothing. This has nothing to do with working in the media or not. I think just as a fan, there's something about the major major league baseball that I just don't 
even though the Blue Jays are good again, that I just don't connect with it as much as I used to. Are you guys like that, or am I on an island here? Well, I think, uh, I mean, baseball is, has taken kind of a bad turn in Canada for a while, and that, that never helps. I, I asked uh, Toner at Sinbin about, uh, you know, baseball this year, and he's changed his store around quite a bit just because uh, it's up 23% because of the Blue Jays. So I remember when I was in college, um, the baseball was big like that we were talking about that when uh, the when the Blue Jays were winning the World Series uh, and I related to that team and then I just kind of fell away from it if I didn't cheer for the for the Yankees and who else are you going to cheer for here really but everybody likes the Expos I guess but it's just the the thing for me about baseball it's such a long season mm-hmm. and it's every day and there's always a game on and that's what I love about the game it's just it's that beauty where it's just never ending. A game can go on forever if <laughs> if it so chooses to. Yeah. Right. You know. So I mean that's what that's what I love about the For game. For seventy two hours if you want to. You can go seventy two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want to get into. You want a segue. You should host the show. Yeah. I could just take some holidays. Uh all right. So the world's longest baseball game. Well give us the nuts and bolts, uh, Brent, and then we'll get into some other stuff about it. Well, um I tried uh, to get this finished at my place. I'm building the original the the house that Babe uh, built is I'm being uh, is being built at my place right now. The original Yankee Stadium with all the weird corners because of the streets and stuff. Um, but I didn't get it finished, so I did want to play this world's longest baseball game to raise money between time when we weren't playing hockey. So. Uh, in that process uh, wasn't we had to kind of delay it because we weren't really sure what was happening with Telus Field is it going to be torn down nobody really knew at the time and then thankfully the prospects uh, uh, bucked up and they kept that field going for everybody and they were very generous for us to let us uh, use their their diamonds so it was full full steam ahead to raise some money this year all right give us the uh, the dates here the start time and and the goal yeah September 1st so Second. next Ooh, yeah, Friday. So you can come to first and help us set up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. 72 hours is enough, say. Yeah. <laughs> so the second uh, at Friday, noon, yeah. Friday at noon, we're going to start and go till Monday at noon. Um, and we'll open 24 hours a day. The, uh, the ballpark isn't going to close. Uh, um, we'll have some uh, beer and hot dogs for people, just like a regular ball game. Uh, there's no admission to come. Uh, our goal is to uh, for people to come, and that's one of the best things when we play hockey, Kevin. We talk yeah. about the, the the people in the stands, and, and unfortunately, some of the kids that are in the stands are they're fighting their battles. But uh, um, we really, the players really want. That's why we're there. We're all playing for someone uh, that's tied to cancer, either in a good way or unfortunately in a bad way. So we're we're hoping to see a lot of people down there and just hang out and cheer and laugh at Kevin and whatever, whatever. <laughs> Takes. Who would laugh yeah, at Kevin? A lot of people. Yeah. And that's a good thing. I mean, mm-hmm. for the all the times that we've done the longest hockey game out at Sacres Acres, you know, it, you can't beat the facility. I mean, this the dressing room right now is the third best dressing room in Edmonton mm-hmm. behind the Oilers and Eskimos, and there's no question about that. Mm-hmm. The facility is phenomenal. This is different where now you're in a, a ballpark downtown Edmonton. It's close for people. They can come right by. Uh, you're looking at where some of the great AAA ball players of all time played for several teams and uh, several affiliate teams, you know, so, I mean, the facilities second to none, so I think that's going to be neat for all the the 56 players that they can kind of go out on that field and, you know, pretend just for a moment that they are kind of up in that kind of level and league, yeah. 
I want to get into some of the specific rules for this to be a world record because it's you and I talked before, and I mean, you've known Kevin's done tons of stories on this. It can be pretty, pretty detailed. But tell me just about um, the fundraising effect for the last world's longest hockey game that you did, and also how people could could get involved with uh, with helping here with the baseball. Absolutely, game. Um, the Alberta Cancer Foundation on their website has a, a great link to events, and if you click on on our event, it sort of gives you a, a guideline of what we're doing. Um, as a, always in a side note, our one, number one job is to raise money. Our side note is to uh, to get this Guinness World Record. Now, th- this was really weird. I, was, I just literally had the roster put together about three weeks ago. And I was all—I have goosebumps telling us I have—I'm about to push send on the on the roster to say we're 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 ready to go for this baseball game. My brother-in-law Rimmer sends me an email, pops up and says, "Congratulations, you're a world record on the uh, holder on the hockey game." So it took over a year and a half to to make that process happen. And and the thing with Guinness, which I like, like it's it's a bit of a pain, but it's thorough, it, incredible. Like the reason it took so long was uh, uh, not whether we played the game or not it was we had some volunteers that so if joe smith signed his signature and then another day signed his name again if those signatures didn't look alike there's no guinness record like it goes to that step like the the affidavits that have to happen and the paperwork's unbelievable uh you know you video the whole thing and and everything but that's I like that. I like that. That's it's. It's not supposed to be easy, right. um, and they're very animate. That we have to play in the spirit of the game. So, in baseball, you you we're not going to be taking any breaks. It's every inning. There's no seventh inning stretch. There's uh, you throw your eight pitches and keep hitting and and you keep going. Um, Guinness watches the video, and if at any point they say no, you guys were kind of lollygagging. What movie is that for? Yeah. Lollygagging <laughs> in the infield. Paul Durham. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so if, if we're doing that, we're like we won't know, but they can say yeah and hour 10 you were lollygagging and that was that no record so it has to be pretty much continue and baseball is obviously not as continuous as hockey but it has to be after the third out yeah you don't have to sprint i assume to change from offense to defense but at a normal baseball pace and absolutely absolutely of course then you have to have all your umpires and scorekeepers and i think uh brent we still need some umpires yeah for some late shifts and scorekeepers volunteers i mean there's no way you could do an event like this without all that help. And I mean, with the hockey game, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of people helping out. There's no way you could do it without them. And mm-hmm. hopefully they, we can get a few more to kind of come out and help us uh, for this uh, weekend coming up on the long weekend. Oh, and I need I need a donkey too. Oh, no. Because I, <laughs> I just watched that series Eastbound and Down. Or is, that, is that what it was? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, so where he comes out in a donkey and they're playing <laughs> the music and the carriage. So <laughs> if anybody can bring that, that's how I'm going to volunteer. <laughs> get involved same way go to the website absolutely on the website uh, on my uh, uh, email address at the office shprk at asvi.ca okay. um, if you want to email me there uh, we'll set you up with times we have the schedules and when we need people and everything and and and, and again the umpires if, if it's umpiring you want to do uh, you don't have to be carded you could it, as long as you can take a small bribe and make it <laughs> make the call go my way then then we'll let you <laughs> 
<laughs> jump our Brent Sake in studio on Inside Sports talking about the world's longest baseball game. They're going to play for 72 hours straight starting next Friday, September 2nd, and uh, go to Monday, September 5th at noon. Kevin Carius from Global also in studio. So for the hockey game, uh, the last one was February 2015, mm-hmm. and I had Kevin. You were on a couple times yep. from from the site. Uh, so it was it was 250 hours straight. You said 252 no. in four minutes or something. Now, like what's the rule? They must allow for resurfacing the ice and a little bit of a break in that. Yeah. So Guinness. with the hockey, you have every 50 minutes, uh, you have a 10 minute break. So oh, and that's to resurface. To resurface. Yeah. And uh, kudos to Zambarni and yeah, and his crew there guys, because yeah. keep that in mind. If uh, if they don't get off the ice in 10 minutes. Then there's no record, right? And and it and it's happened every year where Zamboni breaks down. I remember the last one where yeah. people in skates were pushing, pushing and we had off. skid steer towed to the chain, you know, trying to get this Zamboni off, or like it's over. And that was four or five days in, and yeah. away we go. And even things like uh, this last time in 2015, well, one or two in the morning, it snowed like several feet, yeah. like several feet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you try to get that snow off, and I mean, we had just people. Like we, I think we just sent it out on social media, and there were literally dozens of people that just drove out with a shovel, right? You know, and I mean yeah. that's you know that's Canadiana, and this is why th- this is going to be different because you know what Edmonton's a huge, huge baseball town, so mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people are going to get behind this, and, and you know what schools back to hopefully we can get a lot of kids coming out maybe and things mm-hmm. like that from some classrooms and see them and take care of it like that so yeah well it's great you're doing it over the weekend and kevin's right i mean it's basically downtown yeah. edmonton and and people are going to be out and about doing all kinds of stuff uh can you stick around for a few more yeah i'm good i got uh son of man is playing tonight so i got a band practice but other than that <laughs> <laughs> back uh, more with brent's sake you're listening to inside sports with reed wilkins on edmonton sports leader 630 chad talking baseball Klazuski Campanella talking baseball. The man and Bobby Fella, the scooter, the barber, and the nuke. All right, inside sports on 630. They used this on The Simpsons, did they not, Matthew? They did. Yeah. That's what we should ask Kevin Carius next week for his quiz. Name the nine major leaguers who made a guest appearance on the uh, Simpsons episode. Don Mattingly. We just do that right now. (laughs) Look him up. There was Mattingly. Um, Ozzy Smith. Ozzy Smith, yep. I'm going to see who else I can remember here and write it down. Uh, I think Ken Griffey Jr. Yep. That's right. Sosha. McGuire. No, he was on a later episode where Major League Baseball was spying. Look this up on the fly, Matthew. (laughs) Who who was the guy? uh, Oh, Sachs. Not Sosha, Sachs. Steve Sachs. Steve Sachs. Because remember the... the, Another uh, Dodger. The the cop pulled him over, and he's like, where do you think you're going, Saxy boy? Or something like that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I got it here. You got it here? Okay. Roger Clemens. Clemens, yeah. Boggs. Well, Clemens thought he was a chicken. Boggs, yeah. Junior. Yeah, we got Junior. Ozzy Smith. Jose Canseco. Oh, was Canseco. Okay. Don Manningly. Daryl Strawberry. Strawberry. Mike Sosha. Sosha. It was Sosha. Okay, I thought that, yeah. That was it. That's nine. That's it. There you go. Daryl. Remember Bart? (laughs) Or somebody was heckling him. And then uh, Marge was like, Bart, stop that. He's like, ah, slides off their back. And then it shows Strawberry with a single tear rolling down his cheek. (laughs) Classic Simpsons, eh? You guys are just like, who is this guy? Why why are we here? Uh, All right, so Brent Sake is here. 
the other voice was uh, Kevin Carius. Uh, Cousin Dominique has texted in. So Brent's doing the world's longest baseball game next weekend, if you're just joining us. you got to play for 72 consecutive hours. Uh, Cousin Dominique says, what happens if there's a rain delay? So, yeah, we looked into that, and uh, um, there isn't. So they uh, we talked to the prospects, and uh, we had to clear that with them, and they're all a go that uh, if it rains, we can still use a field and, and make a bit of a mess out of it. I promised that uh, we'd fix it when we're done. And actually, James Rosenau is, used to be the head's ground, groundskeeper there back when, when the trappers were around, so he, he'll look after it. Uh, lightning is a key. Uh, Bobby from the ACF has uh, her and I butted little heads on this that I wanted to carry the insurance and decide when to quit because I'd say we just keep playing. But no, lightning will be the only thing that stops us, unfortunately. Okay. If that happens, yeah. Player-wise, whether it's hockey or this baseball game, and Kevin can attest to yeah. this as well, what does is a guy allowed to, like in baseball, could he take an inning off? In hockey, could he miss a couple of shifts it, or one of those hours if you needed to. Pretend you're starting a game like just same same with hockey. You have 20 guys per side. Mm-hmm. No matter what, you got to have five guys out on the ice all the time with a goalie. So same thing here. There's going to be 28 guys per side because that's what a major league roster is. Mm-hmm. And you got to have nine guys on the field at all times. So figure out how you're going to schedule. If you're going to have more guys on the bench, less guys on the bench, but you're always going to have to have nine guys on the field and nine guys batting in your lineup. Just like as I said, just pretend you're starting a ball game and this thing's going okay. for so, 72 hours. So, so, but so Guinness wouldn't watch the video and say, "Oh, we didn't see Carius for two innings." No, the oh, way it okay. uh, the way it works is you can sub in and out. You can't go from one team to the other. Right. Uh, the 28 players that. Uh, are in video on your team, all 56 in this case, that that start the game, you can't have new players that come in throughout the game. So it's it has to be the same players throughout the whole game. Um, but you can substitute. So we did ask the pitcher rule on substitutions and, and that it, it doesn't matter for, for the game. You can come in and out, do whatever you want. Uh, it doesn't matter as long as your team has the nine players and, and mm-hmm. go from there. Yeah. Now, can the players, they can't leave the ballpark no. at any time? Well, that, yeah, that's, so that's that's the other kind of tricky thing that we've had problems in the past. Our facility at my place is a lot better now, but just the, the sleeping in minus 30 and, yeah. and intense pretty much. It was awful there for a while. Yeah, when it got cold, I mean, it was almost unbearable. This, again, if, if it rains and there's a few mosquitoes, I don't think it's that big of a problem. So, But all the players have to stay there, yeah. They can't leave. The, so the hockey game, but 10 days, basically. Well, a little over 10 days because you yeah. said it was 2.52 and four yeah. minutes or something like yeah. that. So, like, how did you possibly feel when that was, like, hardly sleeping? And oh, yeah. Well, thir- third day for me is the worst. <laughs> that, uh, the, the third day, you're just, uh, it's kind of like that flight home from Vegas. And you just, you don't know where you're at. And you want to sleep at the airport. You don't want to wake up. You don't want to get on your plane. And, and, and then the fourth day, you're ready to go back to Vegas again. It's just <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> the other thing, too, is like with the hockey game, you'd start on the Friday. And then, so everyone is so jacked up for the first few days. And you got friends and family coming out. It's the weekend. And then Monday rolls around. And it's like. Hey, we got another week to go. But when are you sleeping? 
Well, you just grab a 10 minutes every now and then. Depends on your shift. Like, yeah. it's the same as this is going to be. Like, if you got to play for six hours straight, you play for six hours straight. There was times in the hockey game where guys played six, eight hours or eight hours out of 12 or something right. because guys were injured or whatever. And you just you grab a few winks when you can. And In hockey, it was uh, our average in a 24-hour period, you'd be on the ice for about 16 hours in a 24-hour period on average. Uh, between you know, 14 to 16 hours, that's roughly what you were skating. And baseball, we're going to do two shifts. Our, right. our side, Team A or whatever, is going to do uh, shifts of six hours with a 10-hour break, and the other team is going to do three hours with a kind of a, a five-and-a-half, six-hour break. Um, so we don't really know what's going to work better. This is our first kick and at the cat. Just so you don't just... play against the same guys yeah, all exactly. the time. Well, right, yeah. And the other thing, which is going to be a lot easier and, and uh, better this, you know, for baseball, is that, and Brent will attest because he's played goal a lot of the times. So when you'd go on your shift, like a lot, you'd have to be there at least a half an hour because you got to get taped up, you got to right. get all this, and by the time you know, so it, you had to be there a long time before your shift. Here, I think it's pretty easy, and you can grab your glove and go on, so it's not that tough. You'll so. be sleeping in your can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who has the Who has the current record? Uh, some fellows in St. Louis. Oh, really? Which is this is going to be a hard pill for them to swallow. Oh, yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, I don't know what other town is baseball town. St. Louis is the number one baseball yeah. town. Yeah. <laughs> so when you shouldn't say that because the Cubs, you, there's a lot sure. of other teams, but when you look at all the other pro sports in St. Louis, it's very rare that baseball comes out as number one. Yeah. But in St. Louis market, the Cardinals are number one yeah. ahead of anything else. They're almost always good. Yeah. And they, I, I was interested. Read, read that article about them uh, a couple of years ago, and they, you know, when you're drafted by the Cardinals, you get like this 96 page manual that explains everything from where you stand on cutoff throws how to where you how to properly turn a double play and that's mm-hmm. this is the how the cardinals do things i want that book that for next to. friday yeah you're gonna need it because i assume <laughs> i assume this it. is going to be a technical clinic it when it comes yeah, to baseball skills we yeah. haven't uh, we haven't really discussed anything brent and i but we'll be having a because we're playing on the same team and yeah. also gord same bamford, bamford same, bamford's, same bamford's our line. starting pitcher gord bamford the singers on our <laughs> yep. and so but anyway brent and i are going to be having a, a small competition as far as we, oh, statistics go, yeah. Uh, maybe, Is anybody going to hit a home run? Uh, I bet there'll be uh, lots. I don't think so. Over the wall? Yes. Or inside the park? <laughs> Over the wall. <laughs> Carries, you're just being cocky. No, I'll I'm go toe to toe on okay. what do you want to do? Hits? We'll or do, do you wanna... We're going to have, we're going to write things out. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is great. <laughs> it's going to be, gonna be like And then we're going to come is... back on this show when, when well, we have a chance yeah. and we're going to show the stats. Well, that's what I was saying. This is perfect because I have a show both Friday, September 2nd, and I have a show on Labor Day. Okay. So I can get a guest on. Right. Okay. We'll I'm off that day. There you go. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> well, you could give us a shout Friday night, even. We could do it from. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. We'll do update. one Friday night yeah. as it's in its first eight mm-hmm. hours, right? Because yeah. I'm on six to nine, and yeah. then. Uh, and then one Monday to wrap it up and yeah. find some. I'm but using all of Brent's uh, bats that he got made. So You're not using my yes, bats. You can't use my bats. <laughs> uh, you know, we're having a lot of fun talking with this, but don't forget, Brent and everybody does this. Uh, 1.34 million from the last hockey game of the yep, cross, correct, the Cross yeah. Cancer Institute. Yeah. So you're. Aiming big again. Yeah, we were, our goal. Uh, our goal this time is two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. 
and uh, I have no doubt that this city will will help us with that. It's to a, a beautiful program that, uh, and uh, you know, irony has its 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 tail. I had a patient, uh, one of my last patients today at work, and his wife uh, just got diagnosed to cancer, and she's going through immune therapy, which is a very um, it's to date kind of the, the, the way we think we're going to cure this disease. And uh, so our money is going to go uh, straight towards that program. Brent, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Kevin, we'll see you next Wednesday. You betcha. Thanks, Rito. <laughs> 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.